The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by The Spectator's Katie Balls and former Labour advisor John McTurnan. Now today, Keir Starmer has been reshuffling his top team on the Labour front bench. Katie, what are the main takeaways from today? So I think as was broadly expected, the five missions, so uh, ultimately not as catchy as the five priorities, but the five missions for a Labour government that Keir Starmer set up, the shadow cabinet members who have briefs that correspond with that have not been moved. So despite some excited talk a few months ago of Ed Miliband could be in trouble. Um, you know, is Keir Starmer after Uxbridge, even though you know, this is a separate issue, of course, to some of these net zero energy goals, going to, um, you know, change the brief that Ed Miliband has? That has not happened. And instead, probably the most, uh, you know, headline change is Angela Rayner, mm-hmm. who has gone from having multiple job titles. But we think back to 2021, where there was a Labour reshuffle that went very wrong for Keir Starmer, because he stripped Angela Rayner of her chairman role. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing was held up because Angela Rayner and her team were not happy with many of the other things that were being suggested. And eventually she negotiated it. So she had multiple briefs and it was seen as a sign of her strength and Keir Starmer's weakness. I think today, actually, the reshuffle has been pretty seamless. And you have a situation where Angela Rayner has changed roles, but it's gone well for both sides. So she is now uh, taking on the role that Lisa Nandy had, which is levelling up and housing secretary. And she also is no longer just described as deputy Labour leader, which, of course, is a, a role that Keir Starmer cannot take away from her because it was picked by Labour members when he was picked as Labour leader. She's also a shadow deputy prime minister. So it's just confirmation that she would be deputy prime minister in a Labour government. It's something she's spoken about publicly before, saying, you know, Keir Starmer's in trouble if he doesn't give me that, joking about it, saying, you know, she's his John Prescott. But it, it does just show, I think, that they, you know, despite talks of friction, there's an effort to say this person is staying close, they have a role in, in, in these. And therefore, Lisa Nandy demoted quite a few demotions. But I think another theme, um, which... Uh, John has picked up on is actually the rise of the Blairites and actually there are quite a few candidates such as promotion for Pat McFadden which is just the right of the party is in the ascendancy. John you did probably my favourite tweet of the day pointing out that no less than five spads special advisors from Tony Blair's era are now in the shadow cabinet. Who are they and what do they now represent in terms of their promotions? I actually miscalculated the six of them because there's Ed Miliband, there's Pat McFadden, there's Liz Kendall, uh, there's Hilary Benn, there's Johnny Ashworth, uh, Peter Kyle, Peter Kyle. So we've got half a dozen new Labour shadow cabinet members and three actually shadow cabinet members who were in the cabinet uh, with Brown and Blair. So what you've got is, I, for, for me, you've got the ultimate settling of the soft left and uh, the Blairites and they're going to run the party and, and I hope run the country. And it's that partly it's experience, partly it's ideology. It was, you know, Liz Kendall was beaten in the Labour leadership election, but she framed the terms of the debate under which Keir Starmer has won back the Labour Party. When she said, country first, party second, she got punished by the Labour Party membership for being so patriotic, but she laid the basis for the claim of progressive patriotism. And I think that's been rewarded now in the ministerial team, her her work on social care. She's finally got to the top in the department working pensions, uh, where 
she and I both worked together for Harriet Harman uh, at the beginning of the Blair government, 97, 98. So I see experience coming back. I see the wisdom of keeping uh, Ed Miliband in the shadow cabinet, a really important figure to reach to the left of the party, to reach to younger voters, to reach to greener voters. And the importance of actually Angie Rayner deciding, yeah, it is time for a real job. It's time for a job that's about housing, about planning, about regional inequality, about the future plans for devolution, how we'll actually devolve powers to mayors, how we'll devolve powers to the local government. So something big about what, 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 what Angie's done, because it shows her confidence, but it also shows Keir is in charge. This is Keir Starmer's first cabinet, where he's not had to worry about the balance. He's promoted talent, demoted people for poor performance, moved people out the um, out the shadow cabinet completely, in the case of Rosena. And I think it is the way it moves so quickly and so slickly is a tribute to the hand behind the scenes of Sue Gray, whose first day as chief of staff this is, but I suspect that's first formal working day. I doubt it's the first day she's been working with Keir um, because it's all gone really well. And on the other side of politics, the wheels keep falling off or the roofs keep falling in. I'm not sure what metaphor we should be using. Well, sticking to Labour, Katie, uh, you know, John there mentioned about the Blair-era ministers, cabinet ministers. One surprise pick from today was Hilary Benn coming back, a bit of a Labour veteran. Um, seven years ago, was sacked after the EU referendum by Jeremy Corbyn and the subsequent leadership dilemma. That was quite an interesting role, but perhaps, you know, a sensible one as well. Yeah, and he's in the Northern Ireland brief, which of course is very important when you think of the Windsor framework, but future relations. Kirstam has always been quite clear, I think, on that, that, you know, I think alignment and ultimately having a pragmatic way to avoid checks is what they would want to do. He likes to contrast himself as different to the ideological Brexiteers. So when Rishi Sunak came up with the Windsor framework, he was saying, you know, you can have the votes. We'll help you get the votes over if you have these people who will not compromise. And even though at the time it wasn't clear there would be a vote on it, they managed to use that position. And I think Hilary Benn is, is someone who's seen as also quite good at compromise. If you think about uh, during the Brexit era, when there were multiple Brexit wars, it was, he was one of those people almost in the middle of the Labour Party in terms of trying to come up with compromises on it. Um, so I think that's telling. I think another thing that's quite striking from this reshuffle is, as John says, you know, Blair right, soft left. What about loyalty to Keir Starmer? Because if you think about Jim McMahon, he's someone who has resigned, citing some personal issues, coming back from an illness, but someone who was also, I think, heavily briefed as someone who was, you know, seen as not performing as some in the leader's office would like in his environment brief. They really want to go on their attack on the sewage. Steve Reid has been put in there in his place. Now, Steve Reid is close to Morgan McSweeney, who's a key strategist for Keir Starmer. But also, I think Steve Reid, we've seen from the Labour attack ads in the spring, was someone who was quite happy to get his hands dirty and come out and say, Lee's adverts are completely fine, you know, people, you know, and make that argument. And therefore, I think in a brief where they really want to go on their attack on the Tories, you can see that appointment. Then also, you then look at Nick Thomas-Simmons, who has been demoted, ultimately someone who has been pretty loyal to Keir Starmer when you divide up the shadow cabinet, but yet has really had quite a fall from grace if you think about when Keir Starmer first made up his shadow cabinet. This person was shadow home secretary and has slowly seen the roles reduced fairly. Now it's a cabinet office role, uh, shadow role. And, and therefore, it feels as though 
loyalty alone and having bad kids Dharma is not enough to keep you a plush job I think there was you know depending on who you speak to and caveats and denials coming I'm sure but there were some who say you know oh, he spends too much writing a book um, not enough time on the role and that that puts some nose out joint previously of course a book isn't uh, really a blocker to everything because where streeting has a book out and it's been lots of promotion and it's still sitting pretty of course in shadow health yeah. Yeah, John, uh, Katie makes a great point there talking about how differing the fortunes are in Keir Starmer's first shadow cabinet. And a lot of the people who are now getting top jobs in the shadow cabinet were junior spokesmen back then, people like Peter Kyle, West Treating, etc. What do you think of Keir Starmer's own journey over the past few years? You see a lot of those kind of soft left people around him have now sort of been phased out and it's much more a focus on, as Katie says, competence uh, as well as loyalty. Look, I think Keir's had an amazing journey, if you think about it. Uh, he... He understood you had to, he had to run to the left to win the party leadership because the Labour Party could have died if it made the wrong choice for leader. So he saved the Labour Party by standing, running and winning. He then was elected in the middle of a pandemic, so there's no chance. You know, we always say in politics, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Keir had no chance to get out around the country. People can't get, People are only now getting a sense of who he's like, what his character is like. And I think he then, you know, that you then get hit, not just with the pandemic and the economic consequences, but the war in Ukraine and the inflation and cost of living. The massive change in circumstances over the last couple of years have changed the political terrain. And I think in that, he, he's kind of found himself. He's, I've always thought of Keir as being uh, a left-wing version of John Smith. Uh, John was from the right of the party, the Labour Party, from the GMB, had very traditional uh, right-wing politics for the party, um, but had stolidity, had respectability, had trust baked into him, as a, like the bank manager impression. I think Keir's got the same thing. He's from the left of the party, but he's got that came reassuring, I'm a lawyer. I'm not just a lawyer. I'm a prosecutor. I put bad people away. Um, I back police services, but when the police do it wrong, I can reorganise them, change their culture, change their structure. The competence, you know, a man with a plan, that's what that's what Keir comes across as. And I think he's found his plan. He, he's had a rocky road. If the Batley and Spen by-election had gone a different way, there may well have been a full-on, uh, a full-blown leadership challenge. But where he is now, he's in he's in the strongest position he's ever been as opposition leader. The only time he'll be stronger than this is on the first day after a general election, if the Labour Party wins. Then he'll have a power to put people into the place he wants them to be. So I think the journey's been interesting. He's adjusted to an incredible series of crises in such a short period of time. And he's taken the Labour Party to a steady 24-point 20, lead in the polls. As Tony Blair said, when Tony was leader, he took over after John Smith's hard work, after Neil Kinnock's hard work. And he said to, he said to Keir, and when you took over, you had, well, mm, you had no, like, the opposite of help, the opposite of work to build on. Uh, and so it's one, of the, it's one of the most stunning transformations uh, in British politics, having done in just four years what it took Labour nearly four terms to do last time around. And John, you're a long-time Labour watcher. We've discussed a lot of the big names here today, people well-known in kind of Westminster circles. We're led to believe that Keir Starmer will be reshuffling some of the more junior posts this afternoon, maybe, or tomorrow. Just wondered, any names you think we should keep an eye out for uh, coming up, likely to be put on the first rungs or maybe the second rung of the shadow ministerial ladder? The, the, per, the person who I'd most like to see in the shadow cabinet is, is Ali McGovern, Alison McGovern, who I think uh, is, the, is the next one uh, on the rank to come in, come into politics. I think, you, I think you have to look at who's doing an effective job at prosecuting a case that's important to Labour. Matt Pennycook, um, I hope he stays in housing. He's an expert in housing. 
He's behind the scenes guy. He's respected by the building industry. That's one of the things you need to do is actually not move the move the juniors around. And one thing I will say about reshuffles is in opposition, there's only one game in town. That's shadow cabinet member. In government, the minister of state, the second in command, is one of the most influential people in, 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 in government, in politics. You take the legislation through. You, you, you help sort out the department. Careers are made by being a really good uh, minister of state. And it's, it's, it's those kind of, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see Helen Hayes kept in her post uh, in, in education. If I'd had one, one tip to move, to move up to shadow uh, chief secretary, I'd love to see James Murray and more of James Murray. I think he's a real, a real talent and he's done really, really well uh, in that. But there's actually an incredible breadth of, uh, of talent. I could just simply have talked about women, women in the, in the junior ranks who are really, really good, like Seema Malhotra. There's a number of people who I think when you see the full teams, when they are a government, when they have to, to do press conferences, do questions, be in the house, you'll see more of the range that we've got. At the moment, the shadow cabinet is a very narrow door. However, inflated it is to, to make a political cabinet as well. It's still a small proportion of the people who are coming through. And finally, uh, Katie, we couldn't do this discussion without talking about Gillian Keegan and uh, the Education Secretary's comments today and subsequent retraction for suggestions perhaps about her work ethic. Yeah, she's had a day. Ultimately, the, the bubbly cement and the, the questions about what's going to happen in lots of these school buildings are still dominating the return of Parliament. And I think it's just a bit of a nightmare for Rishi Sunak and his party as it speaks to all these things. You know, it's just you know, lots of blame game about why it wasn't done sooner and so fast. You have uh, Rishi Sunak saying, you know, that this is not his fault when people say it's down to his spending decisions. But really, the focus now is the fact that Gillian Keegan was caught on the hot mic. Does anyone ever say... You know what? You've done a f- good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing. No, no, no signs of that. No. And she's since gone out and given another media appearance to clear up the comments and apologise for the language. But it's ended with her almost saying, you know, the interview saying, "Well, you did seem very annoyed. Why?" And eventually coming back on the journalist, which I think will divide opinion yet again, to put it mildly. We look forward to reading those in the papers. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. <laughs>